Well, guys, I am really excited to be with you here today. But can I just say that it's just a little bit weird. I mean, this wasn't what I expected. Me in a room that's empty and you, all of you sitting on the other side of a screen. And as a matter of fact, the last few weeks haven't been anything like what I expected. And I'm sure you can absolutely relate. Like I'm sure each and every one of us fully expected to, in the morning, put our kids on the school bus and send them to school and for us to get into our cars and to go to work. I think we fully expected to have dinner with friends and with family. We expected to come to church here on Sunday and gather together. We probably even expected to be able to go to the grocery store and get what we needed when we needed. But our lives kind of just got flipped upside down, didn't they? And now I feel like we have faced so much change that we don't even really know what to expect. And I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time when my expectations aren't met. And over the last several weeks, as my expectations haven't been met and I've been adjusting to all of the new expectations that have been put on me, I haven't had an easy time with it. I've actually had several moments. And these haven't been some of my finer moments. How about you? Are you having a difficult time right now? If that's you, would you be so brave enough to hit the heart button and show the rest of the City Church community that they are not alone? Because right now, I think it is more important than ever that we all know that we are in this together. And you know, as unique as our situation feels, we aren't gonna be, we aren't the first people to experience uh, the struggles with unmet expectations and how we respond to those. And today I wanna take a journey through the final week of Jesus' life through the lens of expectations. So this Sunday marks the beginning of Holy Week, and it's the week before Jesus' crucifixion. And on this day, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus went into the grandest celebration. And it's, it's known and remembered as Palm Sunday because people would throw down their coats and they threw down palm branches that Jesus rode in on as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. It was the welcome that was fit for a king because that's exactly what the people wanted Jesus to be, their king. But they had very high expectations for the type of king that they wanted Jesus to be and the things that they expected him to do. You see, the people in the crowd were being oppressed by the Roman government and they had heard all about how Jesus had made the blind see and the deaf hear and and they had heard about how he had cured people of diseases that they had been suffering from from for decades and they even heard about how he had raised a man from the dead. And so the people in the crowd, they expected Jesus to do something for them too. They expected him to overthrow the Roman Empire by being their conquering king. And so they celebrated him and they cheered him on as he rode into the city. But not everyone was excited. You see, on the other side of the celebration were some pretty PO'd religious leaders. 
You know, and they were, they were PO'd because they had a foundational belief system that was legalistic and bound by rules and laws that they had created. And so they weren't very excited that Jesus was coming in because Jesus was breaking their rules. He was doing miracles on days reserved for rest. It was against the rules. He was claiming to be able to forgive people's sins without the religious rituals that were required. This was against the rules. He was claiming to be the Christ, the savior that had been promised. And this wasn't just breaking the rules, this would have been blasphemy to them. And so the religious leaders, they weren't having it. So in an attempt to trick Jesus, they begin to ask him tough questions, trying to trap him so that way Jesus would say something so they had a reason to arrest him. And when their expectations weren't met, when they weren't able to trick and trap Jesus, they began to plot on how to capture and kill him. Well, on Wednesday of that week, the religious leaders got an unexpected visit. Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, betrays Jesus and goes to make a deal with them. This is Matthew 26, 15 through 16. What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? Judas asked. So they, the religious leaders, counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. The religious leaders offered Judas, one of Jesus' closest followers, one of his disciples that was in ministry with him, that traveled with him, that saw all of his miracles firsthand, they offered him 30 pieces of silver which would have been worth about as little as $90 today to betray Jesus. And Judas accepted the offer. You know, have you ever experienced something unexpected? And as a result, you've done something that you knew deep down wasn't the right thing to do, but you did it anyway? Maybe you didn't think through all of the consequences, or maybe you did, but in the moment you just didn't care. Maybe you responded to a DM in the middle of the night from your ex while your spouse was asleep and before you knew it, you were making plans to meet up. Maybe you clicked on that unexpected ad that popped up in your feed, not expecting that it would turn into addiction, but now it has. Maybe that one time treat yourself purchase turned into more treat yourself purchases and now you're left with maxed out credit cards and a mountain of debt that you can't seem to get out from under. Or maybe unexpected free drinks at happy hour led to one too many and now you and your loved ones and others are paying the unexpected consequences of your actions. Many times our choices lead to unexpected things and it can leave us with the heavy weight of regret. Judas, he expected to make a deal with the religious leaders, but I don't think he expected all of the consequences that would follow. So to make good on the deal, Thursday night, Judas led some soldiers and some religious leaders to where Jesus was, and they arrested him. Jesus was interrogated all night long. And early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. 
And now here, here's where things get a little interesting historically. You see, the religious, the religious leaders, they expected to get rid of Jesus by sentencing him to death for claiming to be the Christ. And while the religious leaders had a great deal of influence during this time, they didn't have the power to execute Jesus without the approval of the Roman government. It's the separation between church and state, if you will. And the Romans, oh, the Romans were not religious. As a matter of fact, they were notorious for their immoral behavior and their blatant disregard for the poor and the marginalized within their community. And so the thought of putting somebody to death and sentencing them to death for claiming to be the Christ, that, that sounded ridiculous to them. So when Jesus was put on trial before Pilate, the Roman governor, Pilate was convinced of Jesus' innocence. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and he said to them, you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I've examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. And as you can see, he's done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Now, hearing this, you'd think, great, Jesus is off the hook. You would expect that Jesus would have been released. But that wouldn't be the case. You see, there was a tradition where each year people would get to release a prisoner, and so Pilate wanted to leverage this tradition to release Jesus, who he believed was innocent. And so he asked the people, he asked the crowd, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing that it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. You see, Pilate expected the crowd to say yes. After all, this is the same crowd that welcomed Jesus into the city a few days before. It's the same crowd that threw down their coats and their palm branches and cheered him on. But now, now this crowd sees something that they didn't expect. You see, they expected Jesus to be the conquering king and to overthrow the Roman government, but now they see him arrested by the Roman government. They did not expect to see Jesus in chains. They did not expect to see Jesus silent. They did not expect for anything to go this way. And now, now that their expectations haven't been met, now they have a choice to make. And their choice was between Jesus and releasing him as an innocent man and releasing Barabbas, a known criminal. They shouted back, not him, give us Barabbas. And the whole crowd shouted, away with this man, release Barabbas to us. The same crowd who wanted Jesus to be king called for his death when they didn't get what they expected. Have you ever expected God to step in and help you with something in your life? only to find yourself not having those expectations met by him. Maybe you expected God to step in and helped your floundering marriage only to experience a painful divorce. 
Maybe you expected God to fix your financial mess only to lose your job and your house. Maybe you expected God to heal a loved one, but they remained sick and eventually passed away. How have you handled your unmet expectations? Have you gotten angry with God, turned away from him, rejected who he is, maybe even blamed him? The people expected Jesus to step in and overthrow the government. And they wanted this so bad that when they did not get what they wanted, they turned on Jesus. When he didn't meet their expectations, they turned on him and they asked for a murderer's release instead. Pilate, he didn't expect this answer at all. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they all answered, crucify him. But why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Pilate addressed the crowd multiple times, baffled at the way they were responding to their unmet expectations and insisting that Jesus should simply be punished. But the crowd grew relentless and their their yelling became louder as they continued to to shout. And it became deafening when they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. And Pilate, Pilate was backed into a corner And so he decided to grant their demand and he released Barabbas, a murderer, and he handed Jesus over to be crucified. A whole lot of wants and a whole lot of unmet expectations went from a celebratory parade to a death sentence in just seven short days. Jesus went from receiving cheers from the crowd to receiving jeers from the crowd. Jesus went from riding in on people's coats and palm branches to wearing a crown of thorns. Jesus went from being honored to being spit on, from being worshiped to being whipped, from being adored to being mocked, from being followed to being hung on a cross. And this, this is a part of the story that we all know. Jesus' hands and his feet were nailed to the cross where he would eventually die. But sometimes, sometimes in our familiarity with the story, I think we can lose sight of what actually happened. You see, crucifixion was a punishment that was reserved for the worst criminals. It was very, very torturous, and those those criminals that would get crucified were typically tied to the cross, not nailed to the cross. So Jesus being nailed to the cross was particularly gruesome. 
And crucifixion is where people were hung by their arms, which is an extreme stress position, and it causes somebody to have a really hard time breathing. And so the person would be there, and they would leverage the little stool, the little indent that their feet would be rested on, or they try to gain any sort of leverage that they could get with the ropes tied around their ankles to lift themselves up so that they they could breathe easier. But they would eventually exhaust themselves and hang, making it impossible for them to breathe. And they would suffocate. And this process would take days. And the Romans, they would make this punishment and they would put these people up high on a hill for everybody to see because what they wanted to do was instill fear in people to ensure compliance with their laws. And this, this is the punishment that Jesus endured. This is what Jesus experienced. This is the price that Jesus paid. But why? On that Friday, there were two other men who were hung next to Jesus. Two men who were guilty of committing crimes that resulted in the death penalty. And these two men had very different responses to Jesus. One of the men used his last moments in this life to mock Jesus and hurl insults at him. But the other came to Jesus' defense saying, don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And I'm sure that neither of these men wanted to be there, but no doubt they expected it. I mean, the criminal said they were being punished justly and getting what their deeds deserved. But then, then something happens, something that I don't want us to miss. Then he, the man who was defending Jesus, said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh, wait, what? I mean, this sounds crazy. He was a criminal. He was a dying man. He was hanging on a cross, hanging next to Jesus, another dying man who seemed to have just as little control over the situation as he did, but yet he's asking Jesus to remember him. I mean, what could he have possibly expected? I mean, all throughout the entire week, there were so many unmet expectations. The people expected Jesus to overthrow Rome, and he didn't. The religious leaders expected to trap Jesus with their questions so he would fail, and he didn't. Judas wanted money, but he expected Jesus to be able to get himself out of this situation, and he didn't. Pilate expected for the crowd to ask to release Jesus, an innocent man, and they didn't. Barabbas expected to face the death penalty for his crimes, and he didn't. And now, now the criminal on the cross expects to pay the price for his crimes for all of eternity. But he looks to Jesus, believing in who he is, and he asks Jesus to remember him. And then Jesus, Jesus does the unexpected. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. And in this moment, in this moment, we could have expected Jesus to have said anything to him. 
I mean, I think it would have been okay that you and I, that we could have expected him to say, sorry, buddy, you had your chance. You blew it. I think we could have expected Jesus to say, hey, when I get to heaven, I'll ask my father and I'll let you know. I think we could have expected Jesus to say, well, first you need to apologize and make things right. I think it would have even have been okay if you and I would have expected that Jesus would have outright said, nope, sorry, I know what you did and it's too late. But he didn't. What Jesus said was unexpected and it sets a new expectation. Jesus said today, he said today, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, our, thing, our lives are full of things that we want and full of things that we expect and sometimes our expectations aren't met. And I think right now, especially right now, we are living in a world that's been flipped upside down and we've experienced so many things that have changed in such a short period of time that you and I, we probably don't even know what to expect anymore. And I don't know what you expected when you tuned into this service, but there is something that I want you to hear. There's something that I need you to hear. Jesus did not come to this earth to live a perfect life and endure the pain and the suffering of the cross to give us what we want. Jesus came and he endured the pain and the suffering of the cross to give us something that we so desperately need. Jesus did not come to be the temporary conquering king that the crowd wanted to overthrow Rome. Jesus came to be the permanent king to conquer death for all of eternity and to give us something that we could not do for ourselves. And that day, that day on the cross and his response to the man hanging there next to him when he said today today you will be with me in paradise there is nothing that you have to do Jesus set a new expectation and it is an expectation that will never go unmet you know a a couple of weeks ago Jesus woke me up at about three o'clock in the morning, and he wouldn't let me go back to sleep. Does he do that to you too? <laughs> it seems that finding some peace and quiet and some time for me to just sit and reflect has become an unmet expectation and will be for a while in my house right now. And so I got up, and I got up to pray and to read through scripture about the end of Jesus' life, about this last week in Jesus' life. And while I was reading through it and I got to the point where Jesus responded to the criminal on the cross, I got so emotional and I just couldn't stop crying. I still can't. You see, I've always... I've always tried to identify with some of the more heroic biblical characters. Jesus' closest followers, people that called themselves Jesus' friend, the people that anointed Jesus. But that morning, in the early hours of the morning at my kitchen table, 
I saw myself with the criminal on the cross. You see, I've done a lot of things in my life. A lot of things that are bad, horrible, things that I'm just not proud of. And about 13 years ago, my life was falling apart. I had lost a lot and I was on the brink of losing everything. And I had come to a place in my life where I couldn't even meet my own expectations. And I needed somebody to exceed my expectations. And I had a choice to make. And it was the same choice that the criminal on the cross made. And I decided to look to Jesus, to believe in who he is and to ask him for help. And I had no expectations when I did that. And what I know now is that in that moment, Jesus took all of my mess, he took all of my pain, he took all of my regrets, he took all of my guilt, he took all of my shame, and he took the weight of all of that, all of that weight that I felt like I was carrying, that I felt like I was justly being punished for my guilt. He put that weight on his shoulders while he hung there on that cross. And he said, today, I got this. I got this for you. You are no longer guilty. And one day, one day you will be with me in paradise. And over the past 13 years, Jesus hasn't just met my expectations, he's exceeded them. He is radically radically transformed and changed my life and I know he's gonna continue to do so. And I don't know where you're at right now and maybe you're sitting here and you're listening to this message and you're so desperately looking for someone, anyone to exceed your expectations and if that's you, if that's you right now, I want you to know that you don't have to look any further than the cross. Jesus is who you are looking for. And if you have never taken a moment to look to him and believe in who he is and ask him for help, I wanna give you that opportunity to do so right now. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and you can say it right where you're at. Let's pray. Jesus, I've messed up and I have fallen short. I don't wanna carry the weight of my past mistakes, my regrets and my unexpectations anymore. I look to you, I believe in you. Thank you for taking the weight of my mess and paying the price for my guilt on the cross. Thank you for exceeding any expectations I could ever have, amen. And if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that you just made the most significant decision of your life and in response, Jesus is saying to you, today, I got this. I will pay the price and one day you will be with me in paradise. 
Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, would you raise your hand in the comments or would you message us privately? We would love to be able to pray with you and for you by name as you begin your journey in following Jesus. Now this time I would like to lead us into sharing communion together. So you can get some bread or some tortillas. I've got my tortilla here. Get whatever elements that you have for you and your family in your house. And let's share communion together as the body of Christ. The night before Jesus was arrested, he was sharing dinner with his disciples and he took some bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. That same night after dinner, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the cup, the cup of the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant says that you will owe, but I will pay, which is poured out for you. So let's drink this juice and give thanks for his sacrifice for us. Thank you. Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. God, I thank you for his sacrifice. God, we will not lose sight in our familiarity with the story. We will not lose sight of exactly the price that Jesus paid for us. God, in this time, in this time we just take a moment to reflect on all that that means, on all that he has done, on all that you have done for us, God, and right now we just say thank you. We have all of these wants and we have all of these expectations in this life, but God, we don't need anything else but Jesus. And we have him, and you made him in our relationship with you, and you made him available to us through his sacrifice on the cross. And God, we are forever grateful. And God, I thank you so much for that. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to exceed our expectations and to set a new expectation for us one that we can depend on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, on that Friday 2,000 years ago, everyone seemingly got what they wanted. Jesus died. He was put in a grave. And everyone expected the story to be over. The religious leaders expected for Jesus' movement to be done. But was it? If Jesus exceeds any and all expectations, would we expect that this would be the end of the story? Would we expect that Jesus would be bound by the grave? You see, where everyone expected this to be the end, it was really just 
the beginning. Guys, I wanna invite you to our Easter services. Join us next week here on Facebook Live at 10 and 11.30 for us to hear and to celebrate together the rest of the story. And guys, we would always, as always, we would love to pray for you. And just because we can't physically be together right now doesn't mean that we cannot pray for you. If you download the City Church app, inside the app, on the featured page, there's a prayer request portion. If you click on that, an email goes directly to a team of pastors and prayer team members that are waiting and ready to respond and pray for you. So I invite you to do that and allow us to pray for you and with you during this season. You guys have a great week. Don't lose sight of what Jesus did. And we'll see you next weekend. Love you guys. Be blessed.